Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Motor. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great. Why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Heard a neat little fact this morning that fits perfectly with the episode, and I was so excited. Did you know that Bayesian thrushes, which is a bird. I don't even know what. Okay. okay. It's a thrush. It's top, it's top of bird. Okay. Top of bird. They actually find their food by farting. So what they do, <laughs> this is amazing. They eat predominantly worms. You know, they're a bird. Sure. So what they do is they get in piles of leaves and fart. And it rustles the worms out of their comfort spot. What? And tear it up. Yep. Thrushes. But we're not talking about thrushes today. We're talking about another bird. Oh. Kind of. But that was definitely hard to handle. That was hard to handle. Definitely. We're talking about the black crows. Hard to handle. Rob, give them a little little sampling. Oh, man. I can't wait. That's right. Rustling uh, (laughs) rustling up some leaves. Candle calls the mama, I'm sure all the hand and I just around Bam. Yes. Bam. Short and sweet and to the point. Thrushing in your face. Thrushing right right in your face. Man, them black crows, they're something. Dude, good I, stuff. What um whatever happened to them? I don't know. <laughs> they did have that one great album. They had the one. And, and then, then, yeah, you know, it's mostly a lot of fighting and breaking up and getting back together and breaking up after that. I yeah. think they were Oasis before Oasis was cool. That's right. You know, right. they were awesome. like brothers who hate each other but make good music. Yeah, that's awesome. Well I, wonder, said. I wonder what the best band is comprised of brothers who hate each other. Oh. You know what I mean, because there's more than just. Oh those man, two. I didn't think about like that. those are the first two that would come to my mind. But I'm sure there's dozens of. You I know feel I mean? like the Jonas Brothers should hate each other because mm. I hate all of them. <laughs> I feel like they should hate each other. <laughs> like, I hate them I so hate much. I hate them equally. Yeah. I don't hate one more than the other. I hate them all. <laughs> I, I hate them so much, I feel like they should hate each other. I yeah. kind of hate the one that married the the girl from Quantico the most. Okay. Just because he married the girl from Quantico. I don't know what any of that is. It's a show, and Where's she's that? pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably Nick. Okay, he, sure, why he's not? He's the one that botched the guitar solo, right? Okay. That we, yes, yes. Yeah, so oh, I hate him the most. Okay. I, I take back what I said. <laughs> Fair enough. There was one friend of yours that we were supposed to talk about whenever uh, we talk about the Jonas Brothers. Who is it? That, yeah, like, was that Megan? Maybe it was Megan. Yeah, Megan, Kara. Yeah. I got tons of Amy. We got tons of listeners who are big Jonas fans. So We will not do the Jonas Brothers, everyone. Never. Unless we do Maybe, a, a rivalry I, where I'm we not, both hate them. I'm not going to lie. Sucker's not bad. What? Well, Sucker, I think we're, we're brewing up a next rivalry episode. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, but no, let's get back to rock and roll. That's exactly. the opposite of Jonas Brothers in so very many ways. Absolutely. Hard to Handle by the Black Crows uh, from the 1990 album Shake Your Money Maker, written by Otis Redding, Alan Jones, and Albertus Isbell. 
uh, Isbel. I don't know. I feel like in the South, I don't feel like I should say Isbel, but it just feels weird. You know? I don't know. Isbel. Like, uh, we'll Jay- just say Al. Is Jason Isbel from Drive-By mm. Truckers and now, you know, solo whatever guy? Is it Isbel or Isbel? I think it's Isbel, right? That's it just feels weird coming out. Isbel. Is- but they both feel weird. They both yeah. feel wrong. Anyway... Uh, Hard to Handle hit number one on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart. It hit number 45 on the Hot 100 in the U.S. in 1990, uh, but it was re-released in 1991 after another song, She Talks to Angels, kind of found some success and took off a little bit, and went to uh, it went to number 26 upon being re-released. So it actually did better the second time around, just less than a year later, they re-released it, and it, and it did better. Um, and I, I feel like it's a... I expected it to be a song that charted higher. Okay. Based on the amount of airplay that it still, still gets yeah. still gets almost 30 years later at this point. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I just thought this must have been a top 10 song. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it was number one on the bill on the, on the, um, mainstream rock chart. So that's okay. not nothing. But I would have expected it to be maybe top 10 in the, in the billboard hot 100, mm-hmm. you know, which encompasses kind of all the charts and genres and whatever. But, um, because it's still a a mainstay of your classic rock stations yep. and your stations who kind of play everything, you know, Jack I mean? FM, everything. yeah, your your millennial stations, uh-huh. your shuffle stations, basically. Um, but uh, this is to me, this is modern classic rock. That's good. You That's know what, what I'm saying? Yeah, it sound it sounds classic. Yeah. But it's modern. Yeah. It's yeah. this this is the epitome. Of course, now it's 30 years old. So what am I so talking about? I know about? it could technically qualify to be on classic rock. Yeah, but, but like it, for it, us, when we were growing up, it yeah. could have been classified as modern classic rock. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit before about what is classic rock, what makes classic rock, you know, and most people most people relegate classic rock to like late sixties to mid to late seventies, you know, from uh Hendrix Zeppelin to Bob Seger, uh, you know, kind of that, you know, those bookends, right? Um, but this, I think, belongs equally mm-hmm. with just about any of it, yeah. you know. Obviously, it's not, it's not, they're not something that was so original, you know what I mean? It was, it was just good, like it was a callback to that classic rock, but it felt authentic. The sound to of the it. guitars, you know, everything. Yeah, it's just, I love oh, the sounds on this. Like, um, first of all, just the, the, perfect rock drums sound you know what i mean mm-hmm. this this anytime you anytime you put drums as an intro to the song it's got to sound good uh-huh. and it's got to really hit it's got to yeah. cook you know what i mean so they come in hot with these drums and then this intro yeah doubled guitar and bass together yeah and the intro itself, I I think is cool because it's we're in the key of B here, I think. Um, and the intro is both major and minor. It goes up in major, ba 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 ba, right? Got the major third, and then it comes down in minor, ba da da da, flat third, da ba da 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 da. da. And so it's kind of hopping back and forth, which is the thing we'll find um, fairly regularly in this song. It, it, the a lot of the lead guitar. Uh, is done with all, all all the vocal melody is done with a minor third, right? Um, and then some of the lead guitar goes back and forth. He plays mostly minor, but hits a couple majors just to show that, like, I know I can do this here. <laughs> but most of the chords in this are major, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so even the, the one chord, when they play a third in it, it's major, not minor. And so you've got this weird dissonance of melody and lead guitar playing it like it's minor and rhythm guitar playing it like it's major. Um, but it works. And that's not something that always works. Sometimes it's gosh awful. <laughs> like you got to have just the right song yeah. and just the right moments to do that. Cause it's a weird, it's a half step rubbing against Mark each other. Tremonti, please learn how to do this <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Arms wide open. Seriously. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Man, that is, that is a perfect example of someone who often does not wrong. Yes. Just, Yes, uh, and that oh, arms wide open, just shoot it's great, shoot me in the face. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Wow. Uh, so yeah, so but this song pulls it off. This song, I have no problems with it. And normally, I'm a weird stickler on you know stuff like that because I'm a rule follower. But in this case, I think it's great. Um, what else? The other the- versions by this song: Grateful Dead, Tom Jones. There's a Grateful Dead version? There's a Grateful Dead version. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm guessing their inspiration was the Otis Redding Probably. original, uh, not the... I don't I don't see the Grateful Dead go and listen to the Black Crows and be like, we should cover we that. We should be them. Yeah. yeah, which is a neat... We normally save the cover section to the end, but I feel like we should touch on it early because the original writer of this song is Otis Redding. Otis Redding. Who you guys will know from sitting on the dock of the bay, and we've yeah. talked about maybe doing that episode one day, yeah. so we may touch on Otis Redding a little bit, but... We'll save a couple of bullets uh, yeah. if we do do him, but play a little of the of the Otis Redding version Absolutely. so y'all can hear what the original sounds like. Here it is, Hard to Handle by Otis Redding. B flat on this one. So good. So cool. A little slower. Hey, yeah. hey, here I am. I'm a man on the Gotta get all those runs in, uh-huh. you know? I can give you what you want, but you got to go home with me. It's more in your, like, James Brown funk feel, the mid-tempo when funk. When I get through throwing it on you, you got to come back for more. Boys and things will come by the dozen, but that ain't nothing but drugstore loving. Pretty little thing, let me light your count, cause mama, I'm sure hard to hell and I yes around. A little different rhythm on that, uh-huh. and yeah. it throws me off the first time I hear it. Vocally recognizable vibrato. Mm. And I'm mentioning that because keep that word in the back of your mind. It's going to be a recurring thing. Because we're going to talk about some vibrato in the guitar section I'm, here in a little bit later. I'm ready because this is a surprise to me. Which so I'm, I, I'm ready Rob, to be fast. Rob doesn't know where I'm going with this, but we'll save that towards the end. Yeah. So, yeah, originally uh, written by Otis Redding. Um, and actually, <clears throat> sad story on Otis Redding. Uh, you know, most many of our listeners will probably know that he died tragically in a, uh, in a plane accident. And um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about him because his life was cut so short. I didn't realize he was as young as he was until I started uh, getting into this. Um, but uh, so he he wrote the song uh, with Alan Jones and Al Isbell. Isbell Al. He wrote he wrote it with Alan and Al. Um, and uh, his version uses a. Um, uses a kind of a variation of that. It's got that same opening line, ba 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 ba, right? And then it plays it the same line later in the song, but starting at a different spot in the bar. So like it's the same line, but let me let me play this for you. This is about minute one fifty five in his version, and it takes that same lick but kind of displaces it a little bit. Check it out. Oh hot to hell and I yes around Little trumpet flare. Variations on a theme. Get yeah. So that's cool. I like that. I dig that. Um, there's actually 
and it's kind of hard to find, uh, but, I, but I tracked it down on YouTube. There's a uh, there's an alternate version of this, not an alternate version, call it a remix, I guess, of the Black Crows uh, version that has horns in it. Oh, okay. And they, they borrow a lot of the Otis Redding, uh, whatever, at the, and you can tell the overall mix is different. Um, I don't feel like the drums are as prominent in this one, but it was apparently same was, tempo though. Yeah, it's the and it's the same actual recording. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the same vocal, same guitar solo. Everything's the same. It's just mixed differently with trumpet to to have these horns accompany. Here's a little bit of it, um, and this one has a very pronounced major three from the horns on the verses. Okay, I'll play you a little bit of the the intro and then maybe hit some of that second verse or something, and you'll and you'll hear it. Apparently, this was just for radio, never made it to a recording. Drums are already down in the mix. You can hear major. Bass is hotter. Bass is a lot hotter on this one. So... The, the horns become more prominent in the second verse. I'm going to skip ahead to that. Like killing that major third while he's singing a minor third. Like that's a weird rub, right? But it works. So, anyway, and that was also has a lot more prominent organ. organ I'm not sure there was... If there was organ in the original mix, uh, I'm not sure I heard it, but it's very there's some very prominent B3 stuff in there, and it it hangs over at the end for a couple extra notes and that kind of stuff. But so it's a cool version. A lot of people were like, I saw it just in the comments of the YouTube version, like whoever uploaded this is a hero, mm-hmm. you know. Blah, blah, I've been waiting for this forever, you know. I I, I think I kind of prefer it without. It's cool, but I, I kind of prefer it the other way just because of the mix. It's yeah. not that I hate the horns; it's that I like the original mix better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny too, on, and that mix. You can hear every instrument, like it's. But in the original, it's all it's all mixed for a better better term together, so yeah. it sounds tighter. Yeah. Whereas that, you can pick out each instrument, what each instrument. It's doing. true. There feels like there's more separation there, uh-huh. um, even though there's more instruments. You know what I mean? It's yeah, an interesting it's, mixing is a mixing is alchemy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mixing a record well is like is like spinning gold. It's it's crazy. I think at this point, maybe we should go ahead. And, uh, yeah, let's meet the band. Let's meet the band. Let's meet them. Meet them crows. Here we go. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band of uh, the Black Crows. Before I meet them, I do want to touch a little bit more on the writers. I know we hinted a little bit at Otis Redding, so I'm going to put the writers some in the Meet the Band section. Absolutely, go for it. So with Otis, yeah, y'all will probably know him from Try a Little Tenderness. He wrote Try a Little Tenderness. Yep. Uh, sang in Vineville Baptist Church growing up, where he learned guitar and piano, and by age 10 was playing drums at church. Uh, little Richard was his role model. Made $6 a week singing on a radio station. And he won $5 each week for 15 straight weeks by competing in a singing competition. Really? That's cool. And that is important because his father got tuberculosis, so he had to help his mom provide for the family. So at a young age, he was having to sing on a radio station wow, and win these competitions to help support the family. He's that guy that kills karaoke night every week. Right. Like, it's like, ah, Otis is here. Oh, Otis. Great. Oh, man. Well, yeah, no. there goes my shot. His first band was called Pat... Tea cake, like patty cake, wow. but pat 
tea cake. That's awful. And the Mighty Panthers. Um, so fast forward then to um, we'll kind of jump uh, jump a long way. Fast forward to December 1967 when he and his band jumped on a plane uh, from Madison, Wisconsin, and the plane crashed. The only survivor, a guy named Ben Cauley, that was a band member, he unbuckled his seatbelt and jumped. Uh, and just he unbuckled his seatbelt just before the crash and grabbed a plane seat cushion because he couldn't swim and he had to watch everyone else die because he can't swim and he just had to to be there. Um, So the album Dock of the Bay was released uh, posthumously and was the first album to reach number one posthumously. I just like using that word. Um, But during his life, man, the dude was rich. Made over a million dollars alone in 1967. Um, that year, so I think about a million dollars in nineteen sixty-seven. That year alone, he made more than Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin combined. Wow! Said to have over two hundred suits, four hundred pairs of shoes. <laughs> um, Rolling Stone ranked him number twenty-one on their greatest artist of all time. Wow, that's freaking high. Uh, sandwiched between number twenty-two, U two, and number twenty, Bo Diddley. Wow. So, kind of a. I, I mean, think think about this, like. He wrote Dock of the Bay, Hard to Handle, and Respect. Yeah. Freaking Respect uh-huh. by age 26. That's amazing. And you we're going to do an Aretha episode. Yeah. So stand by for like, that. But Otis wrote all that by age 26 uh-huh. and, then, and then flamed out, you know, in this plane crash. Like, and, and how many times have we heard that story? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we talked about guys like Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, like it's just weird the amount of musicians. But I guess they're traveling in planes much more often so chances than of, other people. Yeah. It just seems, you know, even even the day the music died, you know, mm-hmm. we mentioned with Steve Miller, um, it's just, uh, gosh, that it seems to happen so often. You had Leonard Skinner. Jim Re- Croce. Reba McIntyre's John band. Denver. Yeah, just like, it, oh, golly. It's weird. That, it's sad that you can just rattle off that many. Yeah. You know what There I should mean? be like two or three, but like, yeah. there's a list. But like, yeah, these just legendary yeah. acts that have been been taken that way it just sucks. Uh, one of the owls that we talked about, um, I think he's Al Isbell. I had him as Al Bell, so I guess yeah, I just, a, a lot. It, yes, that's much easier to say. Let's go with Al Bell. Okay, uh, co-owner of Stax Records. He got the Emotions, Staple Singers, Isaac Hayes, all those guys. They're start. Um, also, you start- forgot one. Oh, you forgot tag team. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> because he also started Belmar Record Label. And why is that important? Because that got a little band named Tag Team. Whoop, there it is. On Back a re- again. On a, on a record, uh, on Belmark Record Label. Um, Alan Alvoy Jones Jr. Uh, recorded several albums for Albert King and has a Grammy for his contributions to Shaft. Y'all know this yeah. one? Yeah. Speaking of Isaac Hayes. There you go. Yeah. Um, so now let's jump into the Black Crows. Well, I got a couple more things on Al Bell. Oh, please. I did, I did a little Al Bell research because please. he because it, it, it's one of those things that I assumed that he and and Alan Jones were more, um, uh, their connection to this song were more as producers. You know, it was common and still is for producers to get writing credit, uh-huh. right? So I thought that was going to be kind of their connection to this song. But Al Bell was and remains a player. Like, oh, okay. he's uh, he was important. Um like you said, he was the executive and co-owner of Stax. Um, he helped make Stax the second largest African-American-owned business in the country in the 1970s. Wow. Like, it was... Business. Not, no, yeah, not, not just, just like... music business. Yeah. And so I believe, I do believe that the biggest then would have been Motown. Sure. I couldn't find that, but it makes sense that mm-hmm. that would have been Motown, um, which is interesting because later he also became president of Motown. Um 
He's a member of the official Rhythm and Blues Hall of Fame. He got a Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Black Chamber of Commerce. Like, as, as far as African-American businessmen, he is huge, you know what I mean, and, and was huge. He won the Alex Haley Roots Award. Like, oh, wow. Kind of a big I mean, deal, yeah, you know. Uh, he was listed in the 100 Most Influential Black Men by Ebony Magazine, Record Executive of the Year, and like you said, he's still active in the Memphis independent scene. He went from, from being a label guy to an independent guy. And because of him, we have Whoop, There It Is, my tag team. <laughs> so thanks, Al Bell. There you go. Um, so now let's jump into the Black Crows. They were originally called Mr. Crow's Garden. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> let's go with Black Crows. Um, on guitar, Jeff Cease. Uh, we'll start with him as he's the only Black Crows, as this was the only Black Crows project that he played on. Okay. Um, yeah. He was born right around the corner in Nashville. 2008, he joined up with Bucky Covington, and now he plays with uh, Eric Church. So okay. another big time artist that's around now. He also played in a Nashville band called Bitter Pill. Um, on bass, Johnny Colt. After the Black Crows, he played with Train from 2003 to 2006. Do you see, do you see them as similar bands, Train and the Black Crows? You know, I mean, I could see I could see Train opening for the Black Crows. Okay, I, see I could see them touring together. Together, yeah. yeah, I do too. That's that's a good way to phrase that. Then he went and played with Tommy Lee, um, who I don't see as being no. similar to any of them. Uh-uh. And then in 2012 to 2017, he joined Leonard Skinner. So okay. that's kind of back around. That makes sense. Sit back to this. Yeah. Um, on drums, Steve Gorman, a broadcasting major from Western Kentucky. And why is that important? Because he went on to host his own sports show on Fox Radio called Steve Gorman Sports. There you go. Um, he also played on the Lamb of God Projects and with Bo Bice. Wow. <laughs> now he's Joan Osborne's drummer. So now okay. he plays with Joan Osborne. Um, on vocals, Chris Robinson. Uh, this guy's kind of a train wreck. <laughs> on, uh, not, Aren't we all? Yeah. On 1991 tour with ZZ Top, he kept talking to the crowd about his opposition of corporate sponsorship. Yeah. So ZZ Top fired them from the tour. Because the tour was sponsored by Miller. Exactly. Like, yeah. It was so like. Yeah, it's like you, you can't talk about your sponsor. Yeah. Uh, we don't have sponsors. Yeah. So we can say We don't have to worry about that. That's right. Um, Screw Little Caesars. <laughs> That's awesome. And our one shot we had. There it went. Uh, then he spat on a female at a 7-Eleven convenience store. Oh. Yeah. That's that's so random. Like, that just got weirder. You know, uh, every word was a step in, further into the... It's bad that you spit the, on someone, but at 7-Eleven. Yeah. You, you spit on someone, spit on a girl, uh, spit on a girl in a 7-Eleven. <laughs> like, that's just three steps down. I know, right? It's awesome. And, uh, yeah. He then went on to form the New Earth Mud Band. Uh, with Paul and Jeremy Stacy, um, they're most known for their work um, with Oasis and Noel, Noel Gallagher. Their mom had it going on. <laughs> That's right, Stacy's mom. Yeah. That was good. Oh, neat little Oasis tie-in. Back to brothers. There you go. That yep. Hate each other. In 2018, <laughs> he formed a band as the Crow Flies. Okay, and they do predominantly Black Crow basically songs. A, he formed a Black Crow tribute. band. Formed his own cover band yeah. of his own songs. It's like the guy from Heart. You remember we talked about yeah. all the way back in the yeah. Heart episode that basically formed a Heart tribute band. Yep. Um, on guitar, Rich Robinson uh, wrote the music for She Talks to Angels at age 15. I thought that was a neat fact. After the Crows, he started Hookah Brown Band um, in 2016. He joined Bad Company as their touring guitarist. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. After that, he formed Magpie Salute. Yep. And his favorite guitar player is Peter Green of Fleetwood Mac, who's the other Fleetwood Mac guy that we okay. can't ever think of. Yeah. That's Neat that that's his favorite. I try not to. That's right. <laughs> I try to. I try to think of Fleetwood Mac as little as, as possible. As little as possible. Really. Um, and, and Magpie Salute is basically 
a Black Crow's cover band. There you go. Both the brothers split. Yeah, and, and they now their own. basically have yeah. Crow's cover band. They're um, like, which is only fair, but they're like the best stuff we did was together, but we don't want to be together. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> awesome. Exactly. Um, I, I've I've got some stuff on Crow facts, but I want to save that for a little bit later. <laughs> like actual crows. Like actual crows. Okay. So I had that written down next, but we'll skip that because I heard a rumor, and I want to talk on this a little bit about. Um, Apparently, there's a rumor going around that a guy named Brendan O'Brien, who's a guitar player, is reportedly rumored to have played the solo on Hard to Handle. And this was brought into fruition because a radio DJ had the Black Crows on the show, and he's like, why don't you guys, uh, you brought your gear, let's play Hard to Handle. You want to give them, give the people what they want? And they're like, you know, we weren't prepared to do it. And they're like, no, no, let's do it. And they got to the solo section, and... He's like, the guitar player, I'm not going to say which one, he's like, the guitar player didn't even remember how to play the solo, know how to play the solo, and he even had a different vibrato. And mm. I'm talking about vibrato now, which I've been excited. We've not talked about it before. Yeah. Vibrato, the way I, you could probably touch on it the way you want, but it's basically your guitar player's singing voice. Yeah. It's kind of the way I would relate it. Yeah. Most notable, like distinctive vibratos, I'm going to start with Clapton. Like, yeah. anytime you hear Eric Clapton play a solo, you're going to hear it and say, okay, that's Clapton. And I'll give you some examples. Start with I Wish It Would Rain Down, okay. which is not a Clapton song, right. but Clapton plays the guitar solo on it, and it's a Phil Collins song. But when you hear the guitar, you'll be like, that guitar is recognizable. That is Eric Clapton. So this is how I Wish It Would Rain Down starts, and I want you to hear it so you can notice his vibrato. I'll give two samples of his so you can hear Eric Clapton's vibrato. So that's a you know that's a strat sound. So, but you can tell that's Clapton, right. just the way he plays it. Yeah. Um, and I'll give one more sampling, just real quick, just not to to harp on this too much, because I want you to hear both sides of his spectrum of speed, and you can tell it's the same guy. So play uh, "Forever Man." That's one of my favorite Clapton songs. Not a popular one, um, but I like it. Um, go to minute one twenty one. Okay. And hear what Clapton does right here. So this is a this is a Clapton song. Ironically enough, Phil Collins on drums, but So I mean that's yeah. Clapton. So right. that's his vibrato. Vibrato. And so but so to be specific about vibrato, what we're talking about is if you've got a note, right? You can just hit like um, vibrato can only happen on um, instruments that can be that that can be bent. So, in other words, you can't have vibrato on a piano because it you pluck a string on a on a on a piano and it doesn't it's a move. Note. You yeah. can't move that string. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could have vibrato with a guitar. You could have vibrato with a violin. Um, vocally, vocally, it's the difference. It's it's because your 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 vocal cords can vibrate, and so it's the difference between going ah and going ah. Right, that's vibrato. So it's it's really what it looks like if you're looking at a flat waveform that is a 
that is a single note. Vibrato is actually you going in pitch above and below and above and below in this sort of up and down, up and down, up and down, really fast movement. And so on guitar and on violin, you achieve this by moving your fingers. Um, you know, you kind of push and pull with your finger on a guitar uh, most of the time. And on a violin, it's sort of a back and forth uh, movement with your finger. And so guitar players especially develop their own kind of vibrato. Everybody's vibrato is a little different, right? And I, and I thought of a couple of different samplings just that I wanted to use so y'all can yeah. hear different types of vibrato. Yeah. So David Gilmore, also known mm. for vibrato. So I guess the most popular one that I would go to, I'd play Comfortably Numb yeah. and then go to Minute 502. Okay. So you can hear this is his vibrato. Kind of the the simple way to say it is the shakiness of a note. There you right? go. It doesn't sound solid. It uh-huh. sounds shaky, but it makes it sound more like a, it's singable, right? Um, then you get into, I'll give a couple if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Uh, I always think of uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan yep, that was- has a really recognizable. Yep. Um, do you have a specific song that you've got written down? Pick one. Okay. So let me go something like, um, all right. Uh, here's a little Riviera Paradise by Stevie Ray Vaughan. some fast vibrato some slow vibrato he kind of did it all in there um i'll go single note vibrato the guy that i think is most notable for this is my last one uh bb king Uh, oh yeah he's the guy that can play one note and you know it's it's him it's so Um, true you can do either how blue can you get um if you do that one do the one from uh cock county jail it's probably the one i would do or thrill is gone either one but probably how blue can you get cock county jail would be my pick There. That's it. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and then you get other guys like, um, i tell you, some, somebody that's really got evident vibrato, and it's because of what they play, is like Robert Randolph. Oh, yeah. Robert Randolph yeah. plays a, a steel guitar. Lap steel. And so you can really go nuts, because instead of using your fingers to make the notes, he's actually using a, a, a bar. Slide. Yeah, a slide. And so you, guys who do that... Uh, can really, really go for go for some serious vibrato, and they and they can most imitate. I feel like an actual singer, an mm-hmm. actual set of vocal cords, or, or guys that play like that on a steel or play with slides. Uh, I'm like, my gosh, like uh, Bonnie Raitt, Dwayne Allman, yeah, Bonnie Raitt. Um, um, what's his name? Um, oh, come on, the slide guy, the best slide player in the world now, uh, Derek Trucks. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. like. Yeah. So yes, great vibrato. Um, so that's so that's the evidence then that so 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 this radio DJ says 
That's that, what sparked it. Is they're like they they had them all there, yeah. and they're like, let's just play it. Play the solo. You know, you get to the solo part. Not a clue where to go. So that's cra- that's crazy. And then, but he said the vibrato didn't sound the didn't same. Didn't sound like, the same. And so did he say then that I know this like the vibrato on this sounds like this sounds other like cat. this other guy. I don't, but apparently, there's multiple sites that say we're pretty sure Brendan O'Brien played guitar on this wow. right here. So Brendan, we know you're a big listener of the podcast. Yeah, of Just go ahead and message us and say yes, I did, or I'm getting undue credence. Like, do you know who else know. he's played with? Who Brendan O'Brien has played um, with? I, I need to look him I up so, so I can hear his sound. That's a good yeah. thought. I didn't do that, so we'll do some of that after the fact, or or maybe now here in a little bit. But we do want to hear the guitar solo. Yeah. So maybe this is a good time to listen to the solo and talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Regardless of who played it, uh, let's listen to it because it's awesome. Hard to handle now. Hard to handle now. I mean, that's just a perfect, that's just a perfect. You know, classic rock guitar guitar solo. It really is. It's a great example of a little theory here. It's a great example of the use of the Dorian mode in rock music. Um, and I know, like in in this kind of music, you're not supposed to talk about m- modes, and, and stuff. you're not supposed to use the word Dorian now Dor- because of the hurricane. Oh, oh, oh Hurricane Dorian. Yikes. Hey, careful, Rob. Right. Sorry. Yeesh. Now I don't want to talk about. I it. go for it. Uh, in in so in. Hard to handle. In that particular mode, uh, in music, <laughs> it's it's um, it's a mode that has a a flat third um, and a flat seventh, and everything else is laid out like a major scale. So it's root second, flat third, fourth fifth, major sixth, or full you know full sixth, flat, flat seven. seven. So it's so it's uh, it's one two three four five six seven one right, yeah, um, and so. He comes in hard on the flat seven on this thing and then immediately bends down to the six and he's making use of the flat third all over the place. Like a lot of that six flat seven interplay with the minor third in there makes it clear that this is a Dorian solo. Um, but it's not so it, it, it feels right. It doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel like he's trying to, you know, let everybody know that he knows the Dorian mode. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Um, it, it, it's natural, but and then he hits this lick the uh, second time through. They go into another solo section, and he hits this other lick that really accents the the use of a Dorian scale in rock music. And I want to I want to hit this little thing he does here. First of all, that double stop, yeah, killer. Right here, he's going to go two, three, six. That's a great lick. Yeah. That's a that's two flat three six. Dun, dun, I can't even do it in the right key. Uh, but anyway, yeah, two flat three six. And a perfect example of using a Dorian lick scale tastefully in rock music. Great and still solo, being cool. Whoever you are. That's right. Good job. Well done. Mystery person. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, we're anxious to hear all you that actually know that listen to our show to give us confirmation. Yeah. One way or the other. Whoever yeah. that radio DJ is. I should have looked up who that was. I should have messaged that guy. Yeah. Uh, there's a good chance I could have gotten that Let's guy. do this. We're going to investigate. So we're gonna... We'll do some more homework. We're, we're the, the kings of uh, 
of giving facts to be facts or falsehoods to be falsehoods and then yeah. being like, okay, we should have just looked this up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We should have opened one more exactly. link. The, the next day, uh, you know, the guitarist has an, inter- has an interview that says, yeah, man, I was so high yesterday. I couldn't remember the solo to Hard to Handle. Yeah. Mystery solved. I know, right? You know what I mean? It's probably out there right yeah. now. Um, but anyway, uh, I got some crow facts. Let, I think we man, should learn about crows. I can't wait. There's just a couple. They're known for their intelligence and adaptability. And their loud caw. Okay. Um, they also recognize faces and hold grudges. What? Wait, wait, wait. And they can read traffic lights. Weird. Yeah. So apparently. Well, do they obey them? Well, that, what they can do is they, oh, I should have written down more, but there's some way that they use when people stop at car, like stop at traffic lights. And they may just be able to, I don't know, but apparently they're they like reading the patterns. Yeah, kind reading of, patterns more so. But uh, I, I wrote down more and I didn't transfer oh, it over. But they can recognize faces. Weird. And hold grudges. So. My uh, my grandmother had this this old uh, Plymouth um, uh-huh. and uh, the muffler didn't work on it. And uh, she had a really loud call. <laughs> so, man. Hey! A loud call. That wasn't even true. That it's was, not even true. It was good. Okay. That was good. I'm glad you went with Plymouth. That I, just sounds like an old It call. sounds old. That's what I, yeah. It's, it's an old loud call. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Fuck the car in the yard. That was good. Fuck the uh, car. Crow, crow facts for you guys. More crow facts. You got more crow facts? No, no, no. no. I'm oh, tapped okay. right All there. Right. I wrote down a few, but that, that's what I got. That's what I, okay. This is good. Uh, what, you got anything else? It's good. I, I got just a little bit on the album itself. Okay. Um, yeah, I brought the. The shake, CD down. The shake Your Moneymaker, the debut disc. album from the Black Crows. Oh, yeah. It's named after the blues song. Yes. Okay, it's named after the blues Sorry, song called, your thunder. called Shake Your Moneymaker. Money by Elmore James. Yeah. Uh, one, of the old, one of the old school blues guys, electric blues guys anyway. Um, it hit number four on the Billboard 200. Like, it's a big album, mm-hmm. you know, um, and still has, I would say, probably two songs that get moderate, regular radio airplay. This one, and she talks, talks to angels. angels. They that, had two others that charted. Yes, at the time. Jealous Again and Twice as Hard, which yeah. if you're looking at your album, that's tracks one and two. Yeah. I guess they expected those to be a little bit bigger, hmm. putting them one and two, but the others uh, ran off with it. Yeah, but it is uh, it is five times platinum plus. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a big, big album, you know. Um, enough to support two brothers. Here's what we, we talked about. the We talked about the feeling of this Black Crows album as being it's sort of instant classic rock, you know what I mean? That it felt akin to classic rock, even though it wasn't anything um, brand new, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't breaking ground, but it felt like it fit, right? So I, so that I think this this quote from Entertainment Weekly's review of that album okay. fits that perfectly and kind of says what we were trying to say. Uh, Entertainment Weekly gave the album a B plus, so it's pretty solid, right? Uh, and it said... The Black Crows are to the early Rolling Stones what Christian Slater is to the young Jack Nicholson. A self-conscious imitation, but fine enough in its own right. Authentic bluesman, these crows will never be, but their sheer energy earns them the right to trash it up. Oh, yeah. Right? Man, that's good. It fits pretty well. And I think that I, I, I would agree. Like, it's not... They're not Elmore James, right? Uh-huh. They're not Otis Redding. Yep. But they can get away with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So That's good. I forgot yeah. about Christian Slater. I forgot he... <laughs> How? How are you going to forget about Christian yeah, Slater like awesome. that? Yeah. You, he's, he's all over the place. Good. Okay. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> that, that's, uh, let's, let's put a cap on this thing. This episode was really hard to handle. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I really did. It was hard it was to good. handle. It was, good. it was hard to handle. Hard to handle. You know? As are we. Oh, yeah. We're both a little hard to handle. So, yeah. People uh, tolerate One it. thing I like... Okay, hold on. I, I, we haven't... We sort of mentioned it, but I do want to acknowledge... Uh, being being the non lyric 
you know, connoisseur, I want to acknowledge the swagness of these lyrics. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's just, it's just soaked with swagger. The whole thing is oozing with it. Uh, you know, these, these lyrics like, um, <laughs> I opened the CD to read the lyrics and yep. it's just these pictures of crows. It's a picture of, uh, Oh, of them playing who are the, who like are the, a... the cartoon black crows that are, it's probably offensive. You probably shouldn't even have that now. Uh, what was their name? It's like, I don't know. Ernie and Bernie. You know what I mean? They're like, they rhymed like that. Uh, I, I, I probably for the sake of my own conscience, don't even want to think of it because okay. I'm sure it's offensive. Whatever they were called. Y'all know who they are. They old heckle and Jekyll. There that's what they're called. And that's probably super offensive to somebody. I feel sure that that is somehow a racial thing. <laughs> I just don't, you know, an old South racial thing with black crows. I'm almost positive is a thing. Uh, so I apologize. Um, they did do Shake Your Moneymaker with the dollar sign for the S on Shake. Okay. Because um, you're trying to make that money with the Shake with Your Moneymaker with the dollar sign. Um, but yeah, anyway, lots of swagger in the lyrics. I just love it. Uh, it's like, in other words, like, you have no choice but to be attracted to me. Uh-huh. Those are the kind of lyrics, you know what I'm saying? And uh, like... I mean, guys, not struggling with self esteem. No, right. not at all. Right, pretty, pretty, pretty little thing. Let me light your candle. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. yeah, that's you know, boys that come around down by the dozen. That ain't nothing but drugstore loving. That's an incredible line, like uh-huh. Otis, well Al, done, Otis, Alan. Props to you guys on the on these lyrics because they're so good. Like the lyrics didn't have to be that good for this song to, to hit right. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. They, it's got a good feel they, either way. It, it could have gotten away with lesser yeah. lyrics is what I'm yeah. trying to say, but they, they went all the way and made the lyrics just swagadelic. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. So, uh, man, season four is rolling along Man, over halfway done. I, I can't believe it. Um, next week's a special episode for us. Yeah, tell them about it. Next week is our two year anniversary. Woo! Oh my goodness. We're wow. Right around the corner. Man. I'm flies. I can't believe it. Um, so yeah, we're we're gonna have fun next week. It's gonna be a fun episode, and I'm excited for it. Um, and until then, find us online. Hit us up Twitter and Instagram at Great Song Pod. Uh, find us on Facebook at Great Songs and the great people who love them greatly, or just go to Facebook.com/groups/slash Great Song Pod, and you can find us there. Uh, we talk all week long, kids. It's not just it's not just episode to not episode. Just Fridays. That's right. We're we're chilling with all the people in the Facebook group. So uh, come say hey. Come tell us what you thought of the episode. Come tell us what you'd like to hear coming up we're pretty much done with season four as far as what we've got slated to record in the, um, in the cooker but if you but if you want to hit us up with some ideas for season five we'd be glad to we'll hear be back season six season whatever you know what i'm saying we're like, Le, like lebron james five six seven <laughs> here we go um so yeah speaking of swagger well, speaking of swagger that's right that did not pay off exactly. in this particular case <laughs> yeah. that was because that was in miami right so, that was yeah, yeah. that didn't okay so anyway but we will be back next week with our second anniversary episode. You're not go ahead and go ahead and guess. get in the Facebook group and guess Start what that's going to be. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. And uh, you're not going to get it. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're just not going to get it. We're known for doing stuff that we like yeah. on landmark dates. That's right. But y'all don't even know that's going to be hard to handle. Yeah, that's going to be hard. <laughs> you to don't handle. even know what's coming. So we'll see you next week with our second anniversary episode. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>